sync. I think it's all synced up as good as it's going to get. Uh, so you guys were talking about something. I have no idea what you guys were talking about. I had a lucky eBay find just only because I'm getting my notifications earlier. Oh, really? He found a he found a really cool item uh, that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah? It's called uh, the, the Bear Scouts Club. Okay. And I had seen individual items before for it. Like, for example, I have the binoculars and one of the bear scout guides from the club. And he found this huge, big, like package that has books and, and, and merit badges and a whole bunch of, um, pieces of, of it's, it's really cool. And, uh, the reason I even found out about it is cause I was on worth point on that website worth point. Okay. And yeah. I'd, I looked at all the Berenstein Bear, like, uh, things that had been won on eBay that were higher end over the last, like, 10 years. So I spent all this time, like, and that's how I discovered that it even existed. That's wild. So, like, uh, as as my listeners sometimes ask, are there things that you guys hadn't discovered yet? And if, I guess there's, there's, just, there's always going to be something else, isn't there? That's it. This is the last thing out there. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, what was it used for? Like, what was this, like, a... Uh something that was for sale anywhere or like an educational thing or I'd say it was a promotional item maybe from Scholastic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a lot of times Scholastic would do unique things, you know, through like a school book order. So there's a good chance this package was only available to uh, students or teachers and maybe wasn't yeah. in bookstores. Yeah. Oh, and there were things wow. like in the picture on worth point that weren't in the one I bought. Like there was like these six pins like buttons, and they weren't in the one I got. And then the message there was this message in the bottle that Brad wanted, which I would have, if it wasn't there, I would have definitely sent you that. Wow, like a, like a like sort of sort of to just to tie in, I guess, with all the stories. Yeah, yeah. And I, who knows what was in the message in the bottle, but it wasn't part of the the, the <laughs> yeah. collection that Jeremy found, which means that either there's a part of his that's missing, or there were different versions of the, the club starter kit that uh, were different. So there's all sorts of options, yeah. Man, th- they were really pushing those Bear Scouts at one yeah. point. They yeah. just, that was that was their, they thought that was going to be their big cash cow. Because yeah. Brad had discovered the Bear Scouts guide, and mine came with like six of them. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll sell the other five in the group and make $25 each on them. <laughs> But then I realized that they're all six of them are different. So Oh no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, can't split up the can't split up the set. Well what I love is that even though we came into this episode <laughs> with the with the with the philosophy of I'm finally gonna have you guys on not talking about collectibles. <laughs> We're just gonna discuss a book. Obviously we've immediately dived right into the collectibles. When in Rome. You can take the you can take the 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 boy out of I don't know. Well, you know, it's a big world out there. Much like the uh, size of Uncle Tex's ranch, the B Bar X. <laughs> oh, what a nice little segue. Well, before we get ahead of ourselves. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week I have two of our favorite guests, two guests who've been on this show countless times discussing the wonderful world of Berenstain Bears collectibles. I have them back on, Bradley Mariska and Jeremy Gloff, but we are not 
going to try to discuss collectibles in this episode. We may fail. We may accidentally discuss some collectibles. But the two of them wanted to just talk about a Berenstain Bears book. And so this week, we are going to discuss two books that are 95% the same book and like 5% different. We are discussing the Cub Club book, The Berenstain Bears Visit Uncle Tex, and the I Can Read book, The Berenstain Bears Out West. Uh, but before we get into that, please welcome to the show Bradley Mariska and Jeremy Gloff. Hello, guys. Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> Come on, a little more enthusiasm than that. Well, yeah. I have to save my enthusiasm for the discussion of the book i don't want to waste it all on introductions of course not how are you guys doing i'm doing great i was at the uh the great minnesota get together today the uh the greatest state fair in the country so that's fun yeah how did you get back so early to me state fair is like an all-day thing it it is well i had this podcast scheduled so i had had wonderful it was my second time being there in the past week so between the two days i got to see and do everything that i needed to see and do awesome perfect and what have you been up to jeremy i'm getting ready to release a new album so i'm just waiting on the cover art to get done and then i can send it in for duplication so here's hoping that it comes in today now, is this the one? Is this the one that is available for pre-order at JeremyGloff.com? Yes, yes. Fantastic. What is the name of the new album? I have I have not released it publicly, but I will tell oh. you guys. I'll say it here first. Oh, how the exciting. album! The album is called The Box. The Ooh, Box. I that's like mysterious. that. <laughs> I wonder what's inside it. Oh, I can't wait. Yep. I bet good music. I, oh. I hope. hope you think that. Well, your last your last several albums have been uh, top notch. I can't I can't wait to hear it. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, um, and if people are looking for websites to look up on the the Google machine or or in their Internet Explorer, if anybody still uses that, um, the <laughs> Berenstain Bears Collectors dot com has been recently updated. The uh, twenty nineteen the annual update of the bibliography, the complete list of books um, published by the Berenstain Bears, uh, Jan, Mike, and of course, Stan Berenstain, um, has been updated just within the last couple of weeks. So if there's anybody listening to the show that really wants to get into collecting Berenstain Bears books or just learn more about the series, that website has been uh, completely updated for the year. Yeah, and it's an invaluable resource. It's so amazing. Like I I honestly spend hours looking at your bibliography. Like I love it. <laughs> I have, it's so great. Thank you. If you if you ever wanna if you ever wanna if you ever wonder like how many times one story has been repackaged, just <laughs> trip on over to that, oh that particular goodness. website, and you'll see it. Listen, like wow, they've they because there's a lot of Berenstain Bears like compilations out there. Oh yeah, just sort of that just sort of came and went. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this book, uh, the Berenstain Bears <laughs> visit Uncle Tex. Let's dive into this. Let's talk about. Uh, the 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 mysterious figure who is Uncle Tex. I want to get your thoughts on Cub Club books in general. Yeah. Uh, the repurposing of Cub Club books. This is a book that was redrawn, slightly rewritten into the Berenstain Bears out west. Uh, let's just jump into it. What is the Berenstain Bears visit Uncle Tex? Well, they go to the B Bar X 
Is that the name of it? Ranch in Texas. Well, we don't know for sure that it's in Texas. Oh, okay. It's somewhere between the Rio Grande and Abilene, which obviously is Texas. But um, I just want to point out they never do actually say Texas. Right. Yeah, good observation. They do mention the Painted Desert, which he points out, which leads me to believe this is Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you look at a map of where Abilene is and the Rio Grande and the fact that this guy's name is Uncle Tex, Mm -hmm. I think they definitely are wanting us to believe this is West Texas. But you're right. The Painted Desert is not in Texas at all. Right. Uh, Which, But, of course, the reference to the Rio Grande and Abilene was added later because that was not originally present in the original version of the book, Visit Uncle Tex. Right. Oh, is that uh, one of the lines that was added? Yes. Originally, he just welcomes them to the glorious West, and then it jumps right into uh, into the rest of the story. So. Oh, see, I'm getting my two versions mixed up already. Well, that's okay because there's, like I said, like this books, these two books are so similar, but there's little things that are. I mean, all the art is changed, but it's right. so much of it is the same layout. It's just right. in in a later style. But then there's that little thing like that, and then they cut two whole pages out of the uh, out of the new version. Right. But yeah, so they go down to I guess just the south, the southwest. They go to the west uh, of Bear Country because we don't know all the states in Bear Country at this point. Right. For all we know, Texas, whatever their version of Texas is, never got. It still it still extends up to Canada like it did like back mm-hmm. in the uh, in the early 19th century. For all we know. Uh, the Louisiana Purchase may never have happened. For all we know, uh, it it was it, it never declared independence because so much occurred that caused Texas to become Texas. And I know this for a fact because I took Texas history in <laughs> elementary school. I bet that's a class because you're you're from Texas. No, you take you take Texas history. Uh, you alter you tend to alternate it with American history back and forth all through elementary school. Right. Because as we all know, Texas is pretty much a country in and of itself. Yes. And. Uh, and it has the history to prove it. So what happens? So they so they they go on vacation to visit Uncle Tex. They're all excited because they're taking an airplane. It's too far yeah. for a train. Yep. Which is it? Like, is it too far for a train? Like, you can pretty much go anywhere in America, like in the continental United States, by train. Is it too far to take by train? Like, it might be too long, but too far? Is there a reason that like the the railroads in Bear Country wouldn't go all stretch all the way well, to maybe. Texas? Maybe. Well, they don't say it's too far. They just say it's far. So, like, I mean, as a sense of efficiency, I think. Oh, I see. (laughs) His ranch is far. We'll go by plane because, you know, nobody wants brother and sister like fighting in the back seat, you know, for three days or however long it would take to get to wherever this ranch is. Listen, I went on a lot of family vacations as a kid, and it was me and my brother in the back seat, and we drove like all across the country, and I still remember fighting with him. <laughs> yep, same here with my brother. Yeah, like yep. we really should have just flown. <laughs> it would have been way less stressful. And air travel with a family is not easy, but it would have been easier than some of the fights. I want to go ahead and point out, I pointed this out a couple of episodes ago, but I... I 
I have to, I really noticed it with this book, uh, comparing the two art styles, is that Mike tends to draw the bears with their eyes half closed a lot. Uh, when Papa Bear says, come, it's time to leave for our ranch vacation, in the original version, they're all wide-eyed and leaving. In the new version, their eyes are almost all at half-mast. Oh, you're right. And he does that throughout the book. And he does that in a lot of his redraws. And I'm just, it's just one of those little like artistic quirks I've noticed that he draws them with their, with their half closed lids a lot. Maybe his bears are more tired. I don't know. They do look tired. Like brother and sister look very tired in that, that illustration. The one thing that I noticed, and this isn't so much um, a Stan and Jan versus Mike thing, but it's, it's a characteristic of the Cub Club books is yeah. that they're very saturated. They look a lot more like comics. The colors are very bright, and I've yeah. always loved that. Ever since I saw my very first Cub Club book, they just were so vibrant, and um, I love that. And when you put them next to each other and you see the original, and then you see the new one, like some of those details of the illustrations that you mentioned, like I wouldn't have noticed that unless you had said something. But for me, like the colors are just different. Like they, they pop in the original yep. Cub Club books so strongly. And I just, my eye is really drawn to that. Did you also notice that the seating arrangement is different on the airplane? Yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, because it's because in the original, I can see where he tried to fix it. Because in the original, sister is seated by the window and then mama is seated next to sister. But then in the next picture, brother is leaning across to look out the window, mm -hmm. which would have been difficult if mama had the middle seat. Right. So in the new version, they go ahead and seat brother next to sister in front of mama. Well, because then in the Cub Club version, in the next page, you see sister sitting in front of mama. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So I think Mike just took this opportunity to fix. Also, in the new version, Baby Honey is... I don't understand like, how she's just sort of crammed in there. Like, there's no room on an airplane for a baby seat to be facing in yeah. that direction. On, on a plane, there's no baby seat. Like, right. you hold you hold the baby. But, yeah. but right. she's in, like, a baby seat. Yeah, facing Mama, which is impossible. So I don't know why he didn't just draw Honey Bear in her lap. I think it's because he wanted to get that, like, prime. Like, Honey's looking at the reader. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, 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 don't forget Honey Bear's in this story. <laughs> yeah. because you're Because you're certainly not going to hear a reference made to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not true. That is not true. What do you mean? Um, and here's a buggy for baby, mom, and dad. Oh, that's right. When they go that's on the right. buggy ride in the new version, yeah, uh, uh, Honey is not referenced by name, but there is a reference to the fact that there is a baby, <laughs> which right. is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, we do acknowledge her existence mm -hmm. in the uh, in the text, so that that is good. I I, I am I am. Please, because the original text was just, and here's a buggy for your mom and dad. And mm -hmm. now it's in here's a buggy for baby mom and dad. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's uh, let's land in this mysterious landscape oh, yeah. and, Sorry, yeah. and meet Uncle Tex himself, the formerly titular, now just whatever, Uncle Tex, who, again, is drawn with his eyes at half-mast for some reason uh, as he's introducing himself in the new version Whereas before, he was pretty darn enthusiastic about, about meeting his uh, niece and nephew. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess his grandniece and grandnephew. We don't know. Is he Papa's uncle? It's hard to tell from the way that photo album is drawn. 
Yeah. Because his wife in the book is Aunt Min, right? Yes. But then, and the Bear Country family album, like, Aunt Min's totally on the different area than he is, so who knows? I thought that Aunt Min was with uh, Uncle Louie. Maybe she got divorced. (laughs) And married someone else in the family? That's how you met people in the old days. You went to family reunions, so maybe, you know. Yeah, uh, Uncle Louie. Was in uh, the Berenstain Bears and Baby Makes Five, and I believe he was implied to be married to Aunt Min. Well, maybe Min is just a really common name in bear country, oh. like like Emily or Sarah. What what is her real name? Min's Mincent. <laughs> Minicent. Minicent. Minicent bear. Minicent. Min- <laughs> now, uh, Uncle Tex is dressed as a stereotypical Texan. Uh, oh, it's so fantastic! He's wearing I chaps. Love it. Chaps, Spurs, Bandana, ten the club cup version has the, the fringe on his pants. Oh, even it's more. so good. Oh, right. You're right. Yeah, he looks like he either just came out of the – he doesn't look like he just came from the ranch. He ca- looks like he came from a like a, a, a cowboy-themed club. He looks like the urban cowboy. Looks like he was in Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As well, as well, he may have been. Um, he's also a little portlier in the original book. Uh, they, yeah. Mike has trimmed him up a little bit. Uh, he does mention that Min is a really good cook. She is a really good cook. She, and we'll get to this, but she is also dressed completely different in the new version. And I actually approve of her new outfit quite a bit more than her old outfit. Her old outfit made her look like a... Like a refugee from like a <laughs> yeah. like a period reconstruction oh village. <laughs> yeah. In the new version, she just looks like a woman who works on a ranch. <laughs> uh, I do love these Cub Club books, though. Overall, oh. oh, I do love the Cub Club books. I also like have to say, you know, I love the Berenstain Bears for the characters and the familiar locales, and like you can open up. 90, 95% of Berenstain Bears books, and you're going to see the the treehouse, and you're going to see sure. all of the familiar places. And it makes it such a really fun surprise. Like some of my very favorite Berenstain Bears books are when they leave bear country right. proper and um, go somewhere different. So you have all the familiarity of the characters, but they're in a different environment entirely. And I just, I love that. And I think even when I was a kid, I loved that. I was like, if you could open up a book and it was like new and different pictures, but it was still familiar people and characters, there was a continuity yeah. to that that was really important. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why I just have always loved this book so much. Uh, so we meet uh, we meet the, the the horse Red at this point. Um, and the page where, there's a page where Uncle Tech says it might be risky to try writing Red because Red can be a little frisky. And right. in this page, <laughs> and in this page, I really noticed a couple of things that Mike really draws with a lot of cross hatching which is something you tend to you never saw in early Berenstain Bear stuff like in the in the Cub Club books there was no cross hatch shading but also Papa with his arm around Mama is the most uncomfortable looking position I've ever seen oh my gosh in the new version you mean yes yeah (laughs) it doesn't really work maybe it's because mama is the exact same height as Papa so he's having trouble getting his arm up and over her I'm not sure it actually just looks like she's got a weird backpack on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it took me a while to figure out what was going on. And I was like, oh, wait, that's Papa's arm. Uh, yeah. And also she because she's also got her arms kind of in front of her because she's carrying Honey Bear like in the in a front sling. And 
everyone's just kind of crammed over on the side of the picture and he's drawn we we do get to see some mike ponies and horses in this and he draws his ponies with very alluring eyes mm-hmm. oh yeah frisky eyes and uh his horses are yellow his horses he drew a yellow ho- there's a white horse in the original and that horse has been changed to yellow for the Out West book. And I don't know enough about the publishing world, so I'm assuming that some of the color changes in the new book are because of maybe print limitations or, like, dictated by the publisher themselves. Like, I'm not sure how that works. Were the Cub Club books just able to be printed in a more vibrant color because of the way they were, like, because of the printing process? I do not know. Does it seem like they're on higher grade paper than the I Can Read ones? Yeah, I don't know. But the, we finally meet Aunt Min. Uh, she looks like a little house in the prairie refugee. In the old book, in the new book, she's <laughs> dressed pretty much like Uncle Tech. She's got a, uh, a, a top on with a fringe. She's got like a like a chin strap hat. And and uh, at being a, a, a female bear in bear country, she's got a headband on, uh, which she wears under her hat, which I find hilarious. Yep. <laughs> but uh, they make her look more like a working bear than like just the woman who makes the makes the food. So Papa decides to uh, ride Frisky Red, and everyone tells him not to. And we get a classic Papa Bear moment where he insists that he can do it. And, of course, he's pitched off the horse into a cactus, which which Uncle Tex apologizes for. He's like, sorry about that giant cactus. And I'm like, well, you did warn Papa Bear. (laughs) (laughs) That is classic Papa Bear right there. And I've been pointing out in these these Cub Club books – Whenever we get like a classic Papa, because we don't see as much classic Papa uh, once you hit like the mid 90s and on, like you don't see the whole like know it all Papa who gets like gets his come up. And so whenever we get these whenever we get these little moments, it's always a nice throwback to the early days. Yeah, they definitely do happen more often in the Cub Club series. Um, Like they weren't happening at all in the first time books of this era. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, it's and what's fascinating is you know as as I do the Cub Clubs and uh, I've been trying to do the Cub Club and also cover the like whatever television episodes are based on them because there's a lot of TV episodes based on Cub Club books and it's kind of fascinating how they how all the stories have and there's not one based on this series by the way like uh, Uncle Tex he's not in they don't do this one but. Uh, I've always, I've just been fascinated at how these books like evolved like this they, they keep going back to the same stories. We just did uh uh the bedtime battle oh, which yeah. which there were two versions <laughs> of the bedtime battle but then of course we discovered that there was the Berenstain Bears uh not bedtime battle but the Berenstain Bears bedtime story which mm-hmm. is a bedtime battle variant which came between the two bedtime battles except it had a different ending. And Alana and I were just like fascinated by the fact that they just kept going back to these same <laughs> stories and repurposing them for different books. Yeah, and Brad's but, bibliography but, is really thorough with yeah. like, some of the books that were repurposed. But I not all of them. Like I keep discovering right. them or being reminded of them because that's one of those details of the bibliography that weren't wasn't originally in it. And oh, yeah. there's so many of those connections now, it's easy to forget about them or miss them. So actually, Phil, your podcast has been really helpful for that. So if I'm listening to an episode and you're making a connection between two books or a reference to, yes, this book is based on this other one, I'll go to my bibliography and see if I have that note in there. And if I don't, I'll add it. So um, it's it's listen, it's kind of one of those things like there's only so many things that can happen 
you know, yeah. <laughs> to, a, to a family. You know, there's only so many stories that like, you know, there's there's like 20 situations that a parent and a child could ever like be faced <laughs> with. So we just have to recycle them after a while. Well, yeah. well what's funny is uh, we did uh, we did the Berenstain Bears bedtime story and it's one of the large format like family yeah. time books. Yeah. And determined that of the three versions of bedtime battle, it is by oh. far the superior. Uh, it is hands down the best version of bedtime battle out there. Yeah. Uh, it's got the, it's got the best flow. It's got our favorite illustrations. It's got the best ending, and it makes the most sense. So is that like that? Is that the hardcover one that's like in the yeah. same as the Hold Hands at the Mall series? Exactly. Exactly. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I really like those books. Uh, I like the the oversized books from that era because it allowed them a little room to like really go for the bold black lines and the and the big expressions on the bears. They're a little more animated looking. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the things I like about the Cub Club. Not it's not just the bold colors, it's the it's the heavy line art yeah. and the uh and just the the more cartoony expressions on the bears' faces. Mm-hmm. And uh speaking of bold art, we're about to get some beautiful landscape art. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah I love this part of the book. I do. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. This is Yes, Uncle Tex takes our family on a tour of, I guess, the entire western part of Bear Country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Canyons, cliffs, rivers, ridges. It looks, it looks like the river doesn't have any water in it. Or oh that's true. <laughs> it's a dried river. Yeah, that's plausible. Right? Yeah, they're having trouble on the on the barbecue ranch or whatever. The B bar X. <laughs> I couldn't get. Is that supposed to be a joke or a play on words or? So, I I I kept saying it over and over again. Is B bar? I was like, I I would expect it to be some kind of bear reference, but like B bear ranch, but it's not. It's just B bar X, and I don't know what what that signifies. Well, I think they just wanted it to rhyme with tax. Yeah. And um, B-bar, I don't know. It has to be something that you can put into a brand, you know? Like, like they always named their ranches based on, like, something that you can brand. So, like, huh. the brand that you would put in your cattle would be maybe be the letter B and then a bar. And that became right. the name of your ranch. That's true. So that's true. Yeah. Well, all I can find on the B bar ranch in reality is a, uh, a variety of, of wine that I guess is grown on the B bar ranch, uh, in, uh, Mendocino County, California. So at the Pacific star winery. So, uh, I get that's, that's the best I can do. There's a, there's a type of wine called B bar. So there is a a B bar ranch, but it's, uh, it's a Zinfandel and, uh, (laughs) That's 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 all. so maybe Uncle Tex got into wine once the you know the, the whole like dude ranch uh uh market fell through right and now he and Min are uh, are just paying people to to grow uh, grapes on their on their ranch well that could be and I mean that would that would stand to reason you know this first one came out in the you know early nineties that was um you know the dude ranch. Yeah. phase uh the craze was so popular because of that that movie what was that movie with um billy crystal uh, uh city slickers city slickers you know like everyone wanted to go to a dude ranch Did and 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I did. I mean, I was like, I was like ten years old. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. So, like the next summer, we did it. My parents took us to Wyoming, and we like did all this stuff. Wow. And um, no, it wasn't a dude ranch, but we did go west, and we we stayed on a ranch for a few days. Um, and now everyone just has converted, yeah, all the ranch land into into uh, wineries. So, I mean, my gosh, yeah, this is, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, ranches falling through and and a lot time moving on, uh, Uncle Tex forces us to think about things that are no longer here. Oh, I love like, this age Like the hopes and dreams of yesteryear. Yep. And I'm like, wow, Uncle Tex, you're getting kind of getting kind of grim. It's but it's poetic. It is poetic. These are beautiful pages. I feel like if you look in your mind, if you use your mind's eye. You can almost see them in the sky. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and he used the um, the the Pony Express rider um, as the title page art in the new version. In the new version, yeah. I love that. I like Mike's Pony Express rider a lot in the new version. It's uh, really good. I, I, I am disappointed, though, that you see two guys panning for gold at the bottom. And in the original version, one of the guys is very upset. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, jealous, yeah. Because because his his partner has gotten gold, uh, in the new version he doesn't seem concerned at all. And uh, then we turn the page and we get an even bigger spread. <laughs> yep. Ugh. And you guys you guys know how much I love like the history of Bear Country. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. The, the notion that Bear Country has this weird parallel history with America that's not exactly the same, uh, but it's close enough that they have ended up in a roughly analogous version of the United States. And this is a this is a really just massive look into the history of bear country because we see the bison herds, we see wagon trains. This makes me want to watch that Kevin Costner movie. Oh, uh, uh, dances with wolves. Dances with wolves. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I went to uh, my mind went to Bull Durham. Oh, oh God. <laughs> And I was like, I guess. Well, that's America, too. Baseball. That's true. But because we know from the Berenstain Bears uh, go camping, we know that there is a native, like a native bear country, uh, an indigenous people tradition in America, in, in their version of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't mention any native, like any native population in this book and having grown up in Texas, knowing how icky and tricky and iffy and weird that whole history is. I'm just assuming that Tex is just brushing over the, the less savory parts of, of yes. their version of yeah. Western history. Did you notice that um, mama and pop, the, their wagon doesn't have any spokes on the wheels. <laughs> You're right. In the new version. I'm like, oh, that whole yeah. thing's going to fall apart. Maybe they're spinning <laughs> so fast. <laughs> but it looks like, like a... they're stationary. Like, <laughs> Right. That's a, that's a weird little, like, I'm going to assume a mistake? Looks like a big hula hoop. Right. Miss. They're also placed differently than they are. They're placed really f- too far back. Yeah. Like, if you look at the original drawing, they're right in the middle, which is where the, the balance would be. But Mike has them really far back, and I'm wondering if... Like maybe I don't know. Like the physics seem wrong, but and the horse is purple now. By the way, that's true. But Mike does like <laughs> he is like a stickler for like machines and stuff. So right. I know it's like I can't believe that that 
that little carriage there isn't like tipping over for you're right like the center of gravity is not over the wheels <laughs> right so i don't i never I don't, noticed that i don't understand but maybe if you asked mike he'd be like well you obviously don't know anything about the construction yeah, of exactly. two two person horse carriages in the year 2000 whatever that's true that technology true. had had given us maybe it has I, like the, the same stabilizer that like a segway does in it yeah, handsome. My my knowledge of handsome cabs is quite limited. Is that a handsome cab? Is that what that's called? I, yeah, that's what the, I mean. That's what they call them in New York. Like now the, those 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 have four wheels. I don't know if that makes a difference. Isn't it a rickshaw or something? A rickshaw would be a two like more of a, a two wheel. This yeah. Well, no. If you if you look at handsome cabs, they have two wheels. Do they? If, if you look at handsome handsome cabs from the nineteenth century, they have okay. They have okay. two wheels, uh, and they are far on the back, so okay. uh, maybe we don't know anything. Maybe we don't know anything. Maybe we should leave it up to the man himself, who is the expert on bears and handsome cabs. We're probably giving uh, Uncle Tex the most in-depth scrutiny it's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, Uncle Tex himself smells some of that delicious barbecue. Oh, yes. Uh, coming wafting in, uh, and they, they, and this is where we get the biggest change in the yes. entire book. They cut uh, like the whole page, basically. A, they cut a wonderful spread mm -hmm. because they all go barreling back to the to the uh, to the ranch. And in the original version, it says, "So back they went to the bar B X B bar X, the home of Aunt Min and Uncle Tex." And in the new version, it says, "So back they went with Uncle Tex to a beefsteak dinner at the B bar X." And then it just says, after dinner, they watch the night sky and listen to the coyotes cry. Yeah. But in the original version, we got two pages of everything they did at oh, the BRX. Yeah. yeah, right. I which I, which is super important because like in the new version, like yeah, we know that he gave them a tour and they learned the history. But like, we all know that like when you go to a dude ranch, like you're supposed to like take part in like the ranch activities fake as they might be. Right. And I love that it shows how they rode and roped and danced and sang and um, did all of that. And look at how they're singing. Like they're so into it in that picture of them yep. singing. Yeah. They're that's singing their hearts out. That's also, a, I am, I'm impressed that brother bear could uh, rope a steer. Yeah. Like that's, that's a pretty intense activity there, brother. That's, I love the big dinner gong to set up out in the yard. Yeah. That that's huge. <laughs> yeah, so I assume they cut these pages for, like, I assume that it's because these I Can Read books had, like, a set number of pages that was different yeah. than the Cub Club books. So they had to condense it all because this one ends with them watching the lovely sunset sky and mm -hmm. then listening to the coyotes cry. But it also implies to me that they were on the B-Bar Ranch for a few days at least. Yeah. Like, this is a lot of activity. And in the new version, it just seems like they were there for an afternoon. Right. They had dinner and then they went home. I do like the picture in the new book with like the glowing grill there watching the coyote. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice picture. I just, I miss all the other stuff that they yeah. did. It wasn't worth it to lose all that other stuff. Oh, well. What can you do? Then they hopped the plane to go home. Like, that's really it. They, uh, well, and who's to say it was Mike who even made that editorial choice? Like, sure. oh no, 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 yeah, who knows? Because what year was this one? This was uh, so I think it was was it ninety four and two thousand six? I think. Yes. Yep, you got it. Yeah. Oh, so 20, 10, 12 years in between. Yeah. So I, it's funny because I keep saying Mike because I'm familiar with his art style and I know what Mike Berenstain illustration looks like at this point. 
Yeah. But the book is just credited to Stan and Jan. Yeah, he's he's. It's not even Jan and Mike. It's like Stan and Jan. Right. But it, but if you look at it, yeah. You know you uh, like it's his style uh, of illustration. So oh, those are clear. Right. Those that's clearly not Stan and Jan's illustrations. No. Right. Uh, which isn't, I'm not, it's not, to me, this isn't a judgment call. It's just, it's just different. I I understand that they, they, you know, Mike studied at the bears and he drew them for years, but he's always had, he's always had his own style. Even back in the, uh, in the, uh, when he was drawing for the chapter books, like you knew what his bears looked like. Right. Uh, also I do want to point out aunt men and uncle Tex, uh, wearing shoes throughout this entire book. Which is some uh, in the new version, not the old version. Ant Men is barefoot in the old version. In the new version, oh uh, yeah, she's wearing boots, which is you know something we don't always see in the Berenstain universe. You see, he had spurs yeah. on his boots in the original version. Yeah, yeah they, they, he took his spurs away, and that really that disappoints me. Yeah, <laughs> they did add cactuses to the airport, though. They did, yeah. They added cactuses <laughs> to the airport. I'm like, where are they? Like, they live close enough. That they can take this sort of charter flight to the unless unless they're flying into a big airport and then they take a smaller plane out to the to the B Bar X ranch because but it's, it's a, a it's a jet plane like it's not even a propeller plane so like even though it maybe isn't a huge plane it's still a jet plane so right. there it's a pretty big airport with no yes se- no security at all they're just right no, no se- there is a a, a fence. Right. <laughs> well, I, it is telling. It's the whole like the original version was pre nine eleven. Oh, uh, the new version is post nine eleven, but we didn't want to go in and change it that much. They added the cactuses for protection. Right. Those are actually yeah. uh, those are actually Secret Service people disguised as cactuses. Oh, uh, so it says it was time to leave the B Bar X to say goodbye to Men and Tex. In the new version, it says then it was time to leave the West. Uncle Tex, Aunt Min, and all the rest. Who all the rest are, we don't know. We've only met Uncle Tex and Aunt Min. Mm-hmm. But uh, they wanted to get in there that this is a story about going west and not just about meeting Uncle Tex. Uh, so then they, they bid fond farewell. There's hugs all around, uh, which basically means that uh, we've we've squeezed Honey Bear in again. <laughs> yeah. I will say, um, generally speaking, the one thing that I really like about the new version is that when someone is speaking, the editors clearly notate between what is um, a description and what is uh, spoken text. Oh, I see what you're saying. That was not in the original. There was no use of, um, of punctuation to indicate the difference. Right. There's no quotation marks or anything. No. And and. Even though most of the text in the in the book is are quotes, I do like that it differentiates between when somebody is speaking and when somebody is not. Yeah, yeah. like it's from a, little... a basic reading standpoint. Well, yeah. Frequently in these rewrites, I'll notice that like the the I can read books, the beginning reading books, uh, they'll they'll change like contractions into regular words. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll simplify some of the language because. There's obviously much stronger standards since they're writing. Like, I'm sure they're like, you can't use this kind of contraction, or you have to, you have to like make sure the punctuation is is you know meets formatting standards. So you don't because we're teaching the kids specifically like how to read a book. 
Right. And right. so we want them to be used to seeing quotation marks, to seeing italics, to seeing words the way they're supposed to be written. Right. Whereas in the Cub Club books, it seems more just like they were coming off from the school of like, just write simply and kids yeah. will be able to enjoy it. But like some of the if you think about some of these Cub Club books that came out, say, in 1992 and just now are getting rewritten. Well, that's. 25 years but yeah. these two books are only 12 years apart so i thought it was interesting i thought maybe there wouldn't be any changes because this is one of the first books to get recycled uh-huh. and um it there were some very conscious decisions made about language and grammar and all that which i thought was great i was like oh okay in in the span of only 12 years we we've made some progress about we know a little bit more about how to help kids to, to read better or more consistently or whatever. Right. Uh, I also notice if you look at the cover of Out West, uh, if you notice that, like, look around Brother Bear's, like, hand, which is up in the air, and you'll see that, like, the, the background coloring doesn't quite go up to the edges. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. I noticed that a lot in this era. Uh, the watercolor backgrounds don't, like even around like the edge of Mama's dress and around Papa's hat. Yeah, yep. Like it looks a little more quickly done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like the attention to detail isn't quite there, and I don't know if that's just because of like that the the time they had to produce these books. Like I don't, I'm not gonna even hazard a guess as to what was going on, but uh, it looks a little, a little, a little less precise than the older books did that's just an observation it is not a judgment call well guys i i hate to do this but at the end of the day we always have to say of the two versions of this book the berenstain bears uh visit uncle tex and the berenstain bears out west which one uh do you think if you had to if you had to get rid of one and keep the other which one would you keep I would keep uh, Uncle Tex, I think. I love the vibrant colors, and I miss the pages they got rid of. Yeah. Um, If you're going to make me choose between the two, I'm going to pick Uncle Tex, but actually my favorite is Welcome to Bear Country when Uh Cousin Tex comes to Bear Country, and that is like this beautiful melding of of both. I know it's like off topic, and it's not uh, technically (laughs) an allowable answer, but guess what? You, You ask me to pick A or B, I go C. And that's a good choice. That is a great book. It's a great book. And I, I just, it made me mad. I went and read the reviews the other day and these people were trashing it on Amazon. And I said, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> One day I'll do a review of it on this show and I will post that review to Amazon. Yes, please do. <laughs> Guys, we are going to have to call it. This has been a long episode. I loved it though. I liked just talking about a book. I thought this was great. It was. I do too. Uh, so Jeremy, we know that you have a new album coming out. Go to jeremygloff.com to, yep. to get more information on that. I just got the confirmation. My cover art's almost done. So Woo-hoo! all is good. Yeah, baby. You heard That's it in awesome. real time, folks. Uh, <laughs> Brad, uh, anything coming up for you? Well, you know what? Um, you can always uh, look up my uh, professional duties. We're going into a new school year, and as one of the directors of the Farmington High School Band in Farmington, Minnesota, you could follow us on social media or visit FarmingtonTigerBands.com. In fact, we're hosting our very own um, marching band competition for the first time ever, the first cool. annual Farmington High School Marching Band uh, Festival this year. And we've got a really, really great um, uh, guest coming in to to um, be our announcer and MC. Really? Who is that? 
Um, uh, this guy named Phil Gonzalez, and he's a podcaster. Oh, oh my yeah, goodness, that's exciting. Yeah. I know there's one thing that kids love. It's a 43-year-old podcaster. So this is going to be this is going to be lit as oh, they say. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I just hope you've been brushing up on your knowledge of the marching arts so you can have um, witty um, observations to share in between the ensembles. Well, Bradley, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure I've mentioned on the show many times. I was in marching yes. band. I do remember play? that. Yeah, I played third chair clarinet. I was terrible, but I was a I was a great marcher. So I played the the tritoms. The Ooh, drums. Nice. So yeah. you were one of the cool kids. Not really. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, like, but uh, from my experience, at least at my high school, the the percussion uh, section was just automatically one tier cooler than us. Uh, specifically, that one one tier cooler than the clarinetists, <laughs> <laughs> who were who were basically the kids who couldn't get the saxophone to work oh. in junior high. Oh. Which... No, it's the other way around. The saxophone is way easier to play than the clarinet. Oh, see, I couldn't get the sax I couldn't get the sax to make a noise, so they put me in clarinet. Well, you know why that is? They put like a really you're in 5th grade when you tried it out, they put a really hard read on the uh. saxophone because there's always too many kids who want to play it. Oh. So that but then you put a really soft read on the clarinet, so the clarinet <laughs> is easy to play and the saxophone is hard to play. Yep. Insider secrets oh, right man. there. I should have brought my own read. I should have been yep. like, I prefer my own read. Thank you very much. <laughs> Looking back on it, I hope they switch that read out every time a kid walked up to that thing. Yeah, or they dip it in the disinfectant. Because yeah. as we all know, there's nothing more disgusting than a, uh, than a woodwind read. Well... Everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can find this show at BerenstainBearCast.wordpress.com. You can find me uh, on Twitter at BeStainBearCast or uh, go to Patreon.com forward slash Deep in Bear Country. Throw a buck or two my way every month and you'll get access to the Patreon only uh, Deep in Bear Country feed in which there are. I try to put out a bonus episode every week or so. So uh, so if you subscribe to my Patreon feed, you'll get a, a, a bonus me. You'll get more me in your life. So uh, Phil, you should also be promoting your live show you're you're doing again. I am doing my live show again, uh, October 11th, uh, Friday, October 11th, Saturday, October 12th. I will be performing in St. Paul, Minnesota, at Dreamland Arts as part of their Theater Walla program, where they they partner with solo performers. I will be doing a version of the one man show I did in May. Uh, it'll be slightly different, so uh, I'm I'm adding a little. I'm I'm stream. I'm making it. Seem, I'm making it a little more deliberate. It won't seem quite as much like a guy accidentally wandered onto stage and now he has to talk <laughs> oh. about the Baron State Bears. It was not that at I all. I loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah. So uh, so please, 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 if you are in the area, cap- uh, able to go out, go to Dreamland Arts website and you can buy tickets. Uh, they are on sale. Uh, you have two opportunities to see it Friday and Saturday, October 11th, October 12th. So, uh, And if you can't come to see it, spread the word. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, deep in bear country. Guys, thank you so much again for being on the show. Thanks for thank having you. me. Thank you. I love doing these. It's so much fun. <laughs> I can't believe it's been as long as it has. Uh, and for everyone else out there, I will see you all next time. Deep, deep in, in bear country. Hooray! <laughs> I don't know why I clapped. I never clapped.